0: super talk mississippi media production hi this is dr andy barlow with the chiropractic physician center of tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book the code are you sick and tired of being sick and tired then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book the code breaker he's the former president and publisher of the sun herald and now he's on the radio Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast
1: 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a special place to live, work, and play. Hey, we have a very special show today. We're going to talk in the first half of the show with Jeff Duncan. Sorry, but we're going to reflect a little bit about the St. season. Again, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the Pelicans. They're having a, a dream season and we'll we'll get on to that in here in just a second. In the second half, we're gonna be talking with Stacy Riley from the from, from the Center of Nonviolence and um, and and give you catch you up on what their mission is and how you can help them this time of year. They have they have um, they're such a great mission, and they're doing such great work in this community. So without any further ado, let's move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And Jeff, after every situation like the Saints just went through this past Monday night, I don't really read much about the Saints until I start preparing for this show. And you guys, uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of sad you're know, reading what NOLA.com has to say. But anyway, good morning to you, my friend.
0: Yeah, Ricky, good morning, and uh, you're right. I mean, you're not alone. Our our readership, as uh, you would expect, drops off when the team's struggling, and the fact that the team has a bye week, uh, boy, I tell you, if you just think about it from flipping the perspective there, if they were to win that game and then go into this bye week, everything would be so perfect, right? You'd be back in it. You'd have an extra week off to prepare, and there would be so much enthusiasm and momentum and now it's the exact opposite. Now you got two weeks, and it just feels like uh, the obituary hasn't hasn't been written yet. But it's uh, the, they're getting the ink ready.
1: It was um, it was a monumental collapse, and it was the highlights of the collapse in the Monday Night Football game was that once again the Saints shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, there are several moments in the game that were just terrible, and you probably have a very long list of them. One is when we could have run for a first down, and Ingram decides to step out of bounds just shy of the first down. The other, we we throw the ball on third down and get an in, incomplete and give the game back to Brady with over three minutes left in the game. Unbelievable. But, I mean, again, you can't just look at those moments. There were so many others, you know, a couple of penalties. I mean, just one especially terrible penalty. But um, when you look back on it, do you just see more of the same?
0: Well, what I see is a team that is lacking confidence in closing out these games, and that's what happens when you're having a season like the Saints are having. Uh, You know, good teams, winning teams uh, find ways to win. I've seen the Saints win games like this, uh, you know, from the Bucs' perspective. I've seen Sean Payton and Drew Brees win these kind of games when they're not playing that well. It's a little bit like the 49ers game, like I mentioned last week, where – I didn't think the 49ers played that well against the Saints, but they just knew they were going to win. And now it feels like a fate accompli for the Saints. They they don't have the confidence to close out these games, uh, and then they, the mistakes start adding up. I mean, the the defense played so well; they were so dominant. But once the momentum turned and Brady got into a rhythm, uh, they just could not stop him. And and the it was it wasn't necessarily how they played in those two drives. I mean, yes, the penalty was pretty egregious. That was a little bit more of a coverage bust by the safety. He needed to be over and give the give uh, a Paulson Debo help. He shouldn't be out there one on one in that situation. So those kind of mistakes, lack of focus, those things have hounded the Saints all season. I would argue that the Mark Ingram play was uh, just a brief moment of a lack of focus where all he needed to do was get one more yard, and then Andy Dalton, for whatever reason, on third and one that play was supposed to go to the fullback out in the flat, in the left flat. And he thought Marquez Callaway could win a one-on-one matchup and on his own makes that throw. Now that happens a lot in NFL games, but I've seen Drew Brees do it, but you better do it and complete it. Instead. It's not only it's a double-edged sword. Not only did they not get the first down, they stopped the clock. Like you said, that was the quarterback, you know, and we just over and over, we can see early in the first series of the game, Alvin Kamara misses, misses a blitz pickup. Uh, You know, some of the veteran players are the ones having this lack of focus. And that, to me, is alarming because it's not rookies and and young players. You can understand that. These are the people you're leaning on to lead you. And, uh, unfortunately, the Saints just haven't had it this season.
1: My sense on Alvin Kamara is that since it was reported that he had a court date, he hasn't really played very well. I think he's got other things on his mind. You know, that affects uh, I
0: would say, you. look, I think he's I think he's focused on trying to win. I, w- I would say that, but I think Alvin wears his emotions on his sleeve. It's pretty clear. I mean, you can read his body language, and it's not good right now. And as a leader of the team, people are looking at him. Younger players are looking at him, and he's got to have better body language. Um, and they just haven't been able to get him going, so I'm sure he's frustrated. Uh, that, to me, is an indictment of the offensive coaching and play calling. I mean, how do you not get a versatile threat like him in the game. I know uh, opponents are keying on him and they don't have a lot of weapons outside of him. So I get all of that. But at some point you got to get that guy, the ball in space and let him do his thing. And they've just not been able to get it done. And that's one of the many things I think is uh, hampering this team, the offensive execution and play calling. And, And look, I get it, Ricky, you're playing with what should be probably a backup quarterback your your weapons on the perimeter have been reduced without Mike Thomas. Uh, you're missing some offensive linemen. You missed them all all year. I get all that, but there's still a lack of creativity in what they're trying to do. And opponents have a good beat on the Saints. You can tell they know they know a lot of what's coming. And uh, maybe the decision to go with Pete Carmichael is not was not the right one in hindsight because maybe they could have used a, a fresher approach. And in Pete's defense. And I don't, I don't know if, if we've talked about it on the show or not, but you know, Pete didn't want this, didn't really want the offensive coordinator's job. He kind of took it uh, you know, voluntarily because they didn't really have a, a coordinator that they really liked. And uh, it wouldn't be surprising to me if he, he stepped down at the end of the year or they went in another direction just because it hasn't really worked out.
1: I saw an analysis on NFL Network where they talked about Sean Payton's Offense is extremely complicated, and what Pete did is take that complicated offense and run forward with it. And you had two things working. One is probably needed some 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 uh, simplification in it, and the question is, did Pete have the sort of offensive mindset to be able to do that in an innovative way? And but the other is, and I've seen this throughout my career. When you promote someone who really doesn't want the job, you usually get you usually get essentially what you probably had a gut you, you would get as someone who's gonna to try to do the job well, but they just never really get it done as well as you want. And they knew it going in or else they would have stayed, you know, they they would have aggressively sought that. It wasn't even that that, that Pete didn't want didn't want it as he was going through the interviewing process. He literally took himself out, out of the out of consideration and then later put himself back into consideration. To me, there's a lot to work with there to say that that may not have was going to work. Pete worked fine as sort of a, a subset to the to Sean Payton's mind. But you take Sean out of it, and Pete failed. And that's where we were this year.
0: Well, and I would say this also, combined with Dennis Allen as head coach, who's a defensive-minded coach who, who makes no bones about it. He's more conservative than Sean Payton. He's going to punt on fourth and one in Tampa territory. You know, he, that's what he's going to do. Sean would have gone for it there. Uh, but, but the way I, – I can't really argue too much with the way he called that game on Sunday because the defense was in total control. A 16-3 to three lead looked really good. <laughs> I just couldn't believe – once they got that 40-yard pass interference call, everything kind of changed because all of a sudden you got a chunk play that they hadn't been able to get all game. And they were able to get on the one-yard line and punch in a touchdown. Now the momentum's there. Everybody can see they're only down six. There's plenty of time. Everything changed on that one that one play. But you put yourself in a vulnerable position with one of the greatest, if not the greatest player of all time, uh, by letting your foot off the pedal. And Sean used to always talk about that, always have your foot mashed to the gas pedal. And I think the Saints let off, and uh, it cost them.
1: Well what's uh, what's important and what I enjoy about you um Jeff is that as a as a fan I watched the game and I saw that that penalty on on Adebo and I knew what he was doing he knew that that he wasn't going to be able to stop the pass so the only way to keep it from being a touchdown was do what he did. Yeah, grab and, it. And what we would what we would see in that play would be that he failed. But what you pointed out is that's not the rest of the story. The rest of the story is there was actually supposed to be safety support there. And the fact that Adebo actually got in a position where he could do what he did is actually good for him is really what I would say to that. And what's interesting, and you guys did a good job of of, of covering this, but in spite of his angel, uh, ankle injury that sort of side, sidelined him for the first part of the season. Debo has really come on strong, and it's unfortunate that maybe that's the way people are going to remember him in that, in that situation, and it wasn't even his fault.
0: Yeah, I mean, he needed some safety help from Marcus May, And Brady did a brilliant job. I've seen Drew Brees do this his whole career of looking him off and making him think they were going to throw somewhere else. And that Drew may over and he ended up single coverage. That's what a great quarterback does. But you just can't let anybody get behind you in that situation. Everybody knew that's the one thing you couldn't allow to do is get a receiver get behind you. That's on the safety.
1: And we've done a really good job in those situations so far, you know, this year. I mean, safety play has been pretty good in that situation. Yep. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times picky And we'll finish uh, our conversation about the Saints. This might have been Ingram's last last game. Last, actually, last game, actually, because he has a knee injury. Probably won't be coming back. Uh, Rashid Shahid is a incredible speedster that we needed on this team. Uh, we'll see some good play out of him for the rest of the season, but we'll also talk about the Pelicans. We'll see you after this break.
0: Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Jeff Duncan from nola.com and the times picayune he literally has written books about the saints and what he his book in particular about Sean Payton and Drew Brees that era it's one of the most it's a really well written book and it's not just a book about football it's a good book about leadership and team and uh, in a lot of ways i think it's going to be a timeless book for you jeff I, I hope that people continue to come back to it again and again i know that coaches across America want to read that book because there's so many insights in there about how to win and you continue to get great feedback, don't you?
0: Yeah. And I continue to learn from it. You know, I've been having discussions this week with a lot of fans on social media because they're upset with some of the things that happened in that Bucks game. And I'm trying to explain to them how offensive football is run at the NFL level. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it, I find myself leaning back on things I learned in the reporting process of the Peyton and breeze book about uh you know using different players and <clears throat> trying to use the surprise element and trying to explain to people sometimes a play is called with lesser personnel if you will not the star players but but the backup players just as a reason to pull the element of surprise and sometimes sean payton used to always tell me this ricky you know he used to basically uh divide a play's success into one of two things either the player was a great It's a great play by the physical talent of the player, or it was a great play by the design of the play, the X's and O's. It's usually one or the other, right? And he used to tell me all the time, he'd laugh. He'd say, like, this play was so well drawn up, my son Connor could have thrown that touchdown pass. He's not knocking Drew Brees. He's just saying it was so well designed, the play was wide open. And then there's other plays where, you know, we saw Marshawn uh, Lynch run for 70-yard touchdown beast mode against the Saints. That was all the athletic ability of the player. So, you know, I find myself – I learned so much about football and offensive football from from reporting on that book, and it applies today.
1: Can't you see owners, like in San Diego and other places, as as uh, Sean sort of tickles people's fancy that he might come back into football, that that being, being in networks is really not for him. Can't you see them reading that book and the quietness of their thoughts and thinking – Holy mackerel. (laughs) I got to have this guy.
0: Yeah. And he's going to be a wanted man at the end of this year. There's no doubt. And he, he said this week on Tom Brady's podcast, I mean, he and Tom Brady have the same agent, Don Yee. So they're very close. It wouldn't surprise me to see him and Tom Brady hook up somewhere. Tom Brady, I'll be surprised if he's back in Tampa. I do think he's going to play again. I don't think this is, this season's left a good taste in his mouth, but they're, they're still in this thing. Obviously they're leading the division. But get back to Sean, Sean Payton is a Hall of Fame head coach. I don't know if he's already a Hall of Fame coach in terms of his resume. I think he might need to get back to the Super Bowl to assure it. But as far as quality of coaching and a guy that that runs the program and has the big picture vision that he has and also can do all the intangible things like, you know, lead a group of men. And, and, and as well, the thing that I think is underrated about him is crisis management, of his psychology, his ability to work with difficult personalities and get them on board in a team concept, those things are just hard to find all in one person and Sean Payton has it.
1: Yeah, my sense of, of uh Dennis Allen, I, I just the word that comes to mind for me is monotone. That's 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 what I feel in him. He you see a little fire in his eye every now and then. You see frustration for example, when that forty four yard penalty was played, you know, happened at the end of the game. But but man, Sean Payton he, he had fire in his eyes and he and and the players saw it and the fans saw it and it made a big difference. And you know, boy, the thought of, of the thought of Brady and Sean Payton being together, wouldn't that be something? <laughs>
0: because yeah. Sean Payton say- is the master of the short play. Well, I'll say this in, in defense of, of Dennis. I mean, I've talked to a lot of players and people on the inside. He's very intense during meetings on the practice field during the week. And and this is a Greg Williams thing. Greg Williams used to be this way. He intense and in fire <clears throat> practice in the meeting rooms, very intense. And then on Sundays he kind of he kind of dialed it in and let the players play. He felt like the emotion was already gonna be there in a game atmosphere. Sean was the exact opposite. He was like a teacher during the week very professorial and then on game days he was a madman i mean i've written about it a million times sunday sean you know very intense so it's just kind of who you are but dennis is more fiery than people believe and look he wanted that one monday night you could see it i mean you could see his reaction his emotion on Sunday. he knew what was at stake and that's why that loss was so so crushing
1: Tough, tough, tough. Anything else you want to say about the Saints? And you know, again, uh, Mark Ingram got an injury. May not that may have been his last game with the Saints. Um, what else you want to say before we move to the? Pelicans? Well, I, like,
0: I think we should talk about that play. I mean, that, that's become the lightning rod. And I would say a couple things about it. First of all, it was just a set of, un, uh, you know, unusual circumstances. The fact that Mark Ingram was even in the game was unusual. He was hurt on the series before, hurt his knee. And the only reason he went in, he was being a tough guy, being a team leader, taking the spot for Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara's helmet popped off in the pile on the play before. He had to go get equipment manager to work on his helmet. So so Mark runs out there in a pinch, and he's not really fully healthy. He catches this pass on second and eight, and he, for whatever reason, ducked out of bounds. I don't know if he didn't want to draw contact on the hip because of his knee, or he just misjudged the line, whatever, it was an egregious mistake because it left them with one yard and we know they didn't get it, and then it kind of snowballed. They could have run more time off the clock. probably. And, and look, I would say this. People are quick to say the game's over. That's not true. I mean, it, maybe the Saints run more time off and then Brady is even more urgent and maybe throwing the ball deeper and they get it anyway. But it would have been much more difficult, let's put it that way, and maybe they even get a field goal to clinch it. But Mark was upset about it. I, I know people that were in the locker room afterward with him he was upset. He knew he let the team down, and if that is his last play as a New Orleans Saints, very unfortunate. And it probably is. Frankly, he's the oldest running back in the league. Uh, you know, he he probably doesn't have much value beyond New Orleans. He's he's here mainly for intangible reasons. And now that the physical has gone down with him, and he's injured for the rest of the year, I think it would be surprising if he plays another down in the NFL. Well, he apologized
1: publicly and said he was sick about this one. And I I feel for him because he's been a really good, dedicated player for the Saints over a number of years. So the Pelicans, five straight wins. Zion, I, once again, in the most recent game was the, was the player of the game. That team, I told you when we were off the air, the continuity on that team, the spirit on that team, is just exactly what we hope for.
0: Yeah, and it's taken a while to get there, but they worked hard. They being... Willie Green, the head coach, and David Griffin, the general manager. And they've got a really good group of players as far as personalities. The, the star players on this team, the Zion Williamson's of the world, they're very, uh, you know, servant leaders. They're willing to fit in with the rest of the team. And all the role players, you know, the Jose Alvarados and the Trey Murphys, the young players, they all know their role. So there's really tight camaraderie on this team. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Nobody's trying to do too much. No one's fighting for more minutes or more more shots. It's just a really good situation right now. It's really hard to find with a young group like the like the Pelicans have. And uh, I think, and personally, what's been the best thing that's happened, and this is going to sound weird, uh, Ricky, but Brandon Ingram's toe injury has forced Zion Williamson into a different role where he's becoming the alpha on the court. And I think that's been good. He's not trying to fit in with Brandon Ingram on the court, and C.J. McCollum's been out a few times. Zion is now saying, you know what, i got to take over. My team needs me. He's not thinking, and we're seeing the results. I mean, he's starting to blow up uh, as far as his production.
1: I mean, there's, so, there's a lot of talent on this team, and as you pointed out in, the, in weeks past, there's a lot of depth on this team. We've got some incredible young players that come in off the bench that can contribute in ways that you don't typically see in the NBA these days.
0: That's what you have to have. I mean, you know, being a former basketball player myself, there are nights where you're just not on. You know, there's just that's just the way it is. The biorhythms aren't there. Your shot's off. you got to contribute in other ways. That's why you have to have depth. Uh, you know, Trey Murphy is starting to emerge as this young player. I think he's got a big, bright future. So does Dyson Daniels, the, the rookie. He's only 19 years old. I mean, he's only going to continue to get better. And Jose Valverado the other night scores 38 points, career high. Those kind of contributions can help carry you on a night when some of the other mainstream players are, are having off nights. And that's what the Pelicans have been getting. That's why, I mean, right now they're in first place. As we record this, they're in first place in the Western Conference. A year ago, they were, I think, three games out of last place. So a huge turnaround in one year.
1: Yeah, and now they're number one in the Western Division. <laughs> so. Right. It's amazing to see. And listen on that on on Alvarez on that thirty eight points. I, I watched carefully the the highlights of that game, and that kid was on fire. I mean, it was wasn't it some sort of record for an NBA, NBA player coming off the
0: bench? Yeah, I think the amount of threes he hit was uh, was like a record. I don't know if it was a, a all time record. I think it was like the most a season uh, for him. And that's not really his game. He's not really an outside shooter, but he was feeling it that night. He's a great kid. He's become a cult hero. And, look, they got a big game Friday night tonight in the Smoothie King Center against the Suns, two of the next three games against the Suns. That's who they're battling for first place in the Western Conference right now. So those games are going to be a real good gauge of where this team's at.
1: No doubt about it, my friend. It's been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com of the times picayune and we're lucky to have access to him on a weekly basis. We'll see you next week, my friend.
0: All right, Ricky, take care.